0: In Hilchas Isha's Parak Tezvav, the Rambam discusses the collection of the ksuba. The Rambam begins by saying that any property that the wife brings into the marriage and is written into the ksuba is not considered the actual ksuba, but rather it's called nedunya. It's only the money that the husband writes that he's obligated to pay his wife that's written in the ksuba, which is called ksuba. Everything else is called nedunya. The Rambam then clarifies that there's two types of property that a woman could bring into her marriage. One type is called nichsi tzayn barzel, and that means it's property that the husband accepts responsibility over. And so therefore, if it increases in value, it increases for him. And if there's a loss in value, the loss is his as well. And these are called nichsi tzayn barzel, or literally translated as property that is iron sheep, because these sheep remain the same. They don't become more valuable or less valuable for the woman. It's only for the husband. The husband essentially has responsibility to pay back whatever value they are. The second kind of property is property that the woman brought into the marriage that either she did not ride into Ksubah or that she received after she got married as a gift or she got it as an inheritance, and that's called Niksimelug. And Nikhsi the profit or the loss of those items are hers alone and doesn't have anything to do with the husband. The Ramam continues and explains that Iksuba is a type of a loan that essentially becomes active only after the husband passes away or divorces her. Additionally, if the husband has different types of properties, some above average, some average, and some below average, the wife only collects from the below average, and it's called ziburus. Additionally, the chachamah made a takana, that when a woman comes to collect her ksuba after the husband passes away, she must swear and say that she didn't get paid in any other way. For example, she didn't forgive the ksuba, or she didn't sell it at some other point, etc. If, however, she was divorced by the husband, then she doesn't have to swear. See has Gimel through Va for more details on taqanas that the Chacham made in regards to the collection of the ksuba. The Ramam continues and says that the Ga'inah made a taqana as well, that a ksuba of a woman could also be collected not just from property, but from any type of object that the husband owns. See Halachah's Zayin through Tess for more details. The Ramam continues and says that there are a number of exceptions to the rule where even when a woman is divorced, she still has to swear in order to collect the money. See halachas yud through for different cases and scenarios. The Ramam continues and explains that if a woman made a condition with her husband that she would be able to be believed no matter what to collect the money from her ksuba, then she does not have to swear. But if it's to collect from his descendants after he passes away, then she does have to swear. See halachas yudzayin through chatei for a number of other scenarios when there's conditions involved. Additionally, see those halachas to see how long a woman could collect her ksuba for, if it's a place that does not write aksubah, or if it's a place that does write Iksuba. The Rambam continues and says that if a woman says in front of her husband, you divorce me, and best, and she's believed. And she does not have to produce a get, as long as she just produces aksubah, she can collect her ksuba. And this is because a woman does not have the chutzpah to tell her husband that he, he divorced her in front of his face, if she didn't. See more details and scenarios of this halacha in halachas chavav, chavzayin and chavches. The Ramam continues and says that if a woman produces two Gets and two Ksubas, she collects both Ksubas. But if she took out two Ksubas and only one Get, she only collects one Ksuba. See Halacha Chavtas for which one she does under what situation. And see Halacha for more scenarios of this Halacha. The Ramam concludes by saying that a woman is believed to say, my husband died, in order to remarry. Therefore, if a woman comes to bed and says, my husband died, please permit me to remarry, and she didn't mention anything about the ksuba at all, we permit her to marry, and we also make her swear, then we give her her ksuba. If she came and said, though, my husband died, please give me my ksuba, then we don't believe her renegade to the ksuba, and we also don't allow her to remarry. Because in terms of the halachas of the money aspect of it, there she's not believed to say that he died. In the final two cases, if the woman comes and says, my husband died, allow me to remarry and give me my ksuba, then we're mad to her to remarry and we give her the ksuba because the first thing that she said was she wants to get married. If, however, she reversed the order and said, give me my ksuba and permit me to remarry, then we let her remarry, but we don't let her give her a ksuba. If, however, she grabbed that money from her husband's estate, we don't take it out of her hands.